Good to see you this morning. Unfortunately, the songs that we uh, just sang, hymns in the church, we used to hear them quite frequently. It's becoming less and less that we've heard these, these hymns, these songs. But just a thought uh, before I get into a study. Um, <clears throat> the, the freedom that our country uh, has historically stood for is actually what's allowed us to meet on a day like today where we can worship. Freedom uh, gives us that opportunity. It doesn't remove our choice, it just simply gives us the opportunity, and so for that we need to always uh, be mindful of, of what God has allowed us to experience. You know, America was considered an experiment by our founding fathers, and they didn't really know if it was going to work or not, yet they had a deep-seated faith in the words of God, and they trusted that. And as a result, uh, you know, we have been fortunate to uh, be a part of a grand experiment in democracy. Sometimes it um, goes south, but there is something that we need to always remember as God's people, uh, that God made a promise to his people that if he says, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and call upon me, he said, I'll heal their land. And so it's, it's incumbent upon all of us not to, not to shift, I guess, uh, our, our desires and hopes and put them on the shoulders of leaders or politicians, but actually uh, we can do a lot just on our knees or in the quiet of the night and asking God to help and guide, even though we cannot see what tomorrow holds. Which allows me to lead into my study, Abraham. My purpose in this, uh, in this particular study, is to look at the tension uh, that I think we all have uh, of living a life of faith while at the same time dealing with our own frailties or the flaws or failures that maybe we have encountered or still encounter. Uh, I know that I'm, I'm not the only one that is wrestling with this. I know Paul did, Romans chapter 7. I know that uh, it's something that, it, I, I think it begs the question, and that is, you know, yes, we, we, we live by faith. We, have, we put our faith in God. We put our faith in God's providence. Uh, but yet there are those moments that we seem to blink and we find ourselves not trusting God, uh, but we trust ourselves. And that doesn't always end well, which we're going to see today. Um, I'll be reading from... Genesis chapter 12, verses 8 and 9, because it's a continuation of, uh, of, of what we saw last week. You know, last week we, we saw that even in the New Testament that Abraham was a man of faith. He's listed as a man of faith. Yet, when we look 
um, very carefully at his life, and even not even so much careful, we just look at his life, we find that even though he was one who walked by faith uh, and trusted God, he still uh, had to deal with certain baggage uh, that I believe he had from the life that he had lived. Remember what I said last week, Abraham, when we first hear of Abraham, when we first hear of his life, he'd already lived 75 years, okay? So we don't know a lot before we start hearing about him, but we know that there was 75 years of living that he had lived his life in a certain way for certain reasons, but there came a point, and, I, and as I said last week, very, it came a point that was striking to me that at 75, he, he heard God and he obeyed God. And from that, we, we find then that that's when the scriptures began to, um, I guess, document or share uh, his, his uh, pilgrimage, his sojourner. So this morning, uh, we're going to look at one of the, uh, what I would call a, a frailty or a flaw that he's going to have to deal with, even though he is uh, committing his walk and his life uh, in faith to God, trusting God, uh, we find that, uh, as I said, he blinked. And in doing so, uh, things didn't really end like he thought they would. When I was looking through this, um, it also struck me that even though uh, Abraham was an older man, 75 years old, it became apparent or it becomes apparent that the walk of faith that we try to do is, is not about age, okay? Uh, in other words, if we don't become a believer until later on in life, that's, that's not a problem. It's never too late. Uh, if we begin early on, there's no guarantee that we're going to have success for the rest of our life. In other words, that everything will go well. So it's not so much about uh, age, but it's about a process. And I can, I can share my own thoughts about this. And that is when I first became a Christian, when I first became a Christian, my, my, my idea of faith in God was that, okay, I'm going to commit my life to God, I'm going to give my life to God, and everything is going to be well. Little did I realize that it was the beginning of a process and not the end. In other words, uh, giving my life to the Lord was not the end of issues. It, it brought in a whole nother basket full of issues, and that was things that I had never dealt with necessarily before, which was... As Paul said, you know, uh, I, I, I learned what was bad and I learned what was good according to what God's word says. And so, so at the beginning of a walk of faith, yes, your, 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 your life, your heart, your mind is given over to God. But then the next day you've got to deal with the same issues that you uh, had lived with before. And I think that's at least in my mind, how I can explain some of the issues that we'll see uh, with, uh, with Abraham. I think that uh, the beginning of the faith, the beginning of a walk of faith, is that's that initiation that we yield to God. 
But it's the beginning of exploring, and, and it doesn't come all at once. Um, but it's the beginning and the exploration and the discovery of the reach that our faith in God can have in our lives or the depth of it. Um, we're going to see here in just a little bit that Abraham uh, just really didn't, I, I don't think he imagined that God could solve the problem that he was about to encounter. Uh, so he tried to solve it himself, and as a result, he ended up uh, doing something that brought uh, not a, a good end, but it actually brought a bad end. At first it was a good end, but then he saw that it was not. So here's what the scriptures say. If you remember, uh, or at least at the beginning, uh, Abraham had 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 already built two altars to the Lord on his journey. You know, he, he left, he started his journey following God, going to the promised land, the land of Canaan. And, and already he was, uh, he was heady with the excitement of following God. He built two altars, worshiped him. But then we find where, um, as the scriptures say in Genesis 12, that there was a famine in the land and so Abraham went down to Egypt to dwell there, for the famine was severe in the land. So uh, again, we find that, that in his faith, initially, almost like a childlike faith, he sought the Lord, he, he was led by the Lord, and he put his faith and belief and trust in the Lord, and, and he was walking with him. But, but now he's encountering a famine. He hadn't had a famine before, but he was in a famine. And so he was going to um, Egypt, which he had not been there before. And as he was traveling, it was a, you know, it was a journey. Uh, but as he was traveling, uh, and you know, sometimes this happens, I think, with us. Uh, we remember the good days, those moments that God speaks to our heart and we feel his presence. But it's a shame that we can't always remember them because on his travel here's what began to happen with Abraham and this is from Abraham who had worshiped he had built altars he had said yes I'm going to follow God and I'm going to be led by him but on this journey down through down toward uh, Egypt here's what it says it came to pass that when he was close to entering Egypt that he said to his wife Sarah Indeed, I know that you are a woman of beautiful countenance. Therefore, I know this will happen. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. They'll kill me, but they will let you live. So all of a sudden, we find where he's dealing with something that I don't think necessarily was new to him. I think for 75 years, he had lived a life that he had solved problems. He had done things as he saw fit. And so it just seemed natural to him going through here. Yes, God's going to give me a promised land, but until then, I have got to work things out for myself. And so as he was approaching Egypt, he began to uh, think about the famine uh, where it was, and that was not what he expected. And then he began to fear, and I, I find this again significant. He began to fear what he didn't know. Now, part of it came true, but not everything. He began to fear that the Egyptians were going to see him and see Sarah, his wife, and know that if they could have his wife if they were to kill him. So 
he began to, as it were, borrow trouble, began to think about it. And it's a long journey, uh, kind of like our journey sometimes at night when we're worrying about things. It's the weekend. It's Friday night. Everything's closed. You know you've got to take care of something. You get it in the mail. Nothing's opened. And so you, you go through that journey of Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday, Sunday night, worrying about everything, waiting till Monday comes, all right? Then you find out it's not as bad as what you thought. You find somebody that can help you. Abraham was going to Egypt, and he was trying to sort this out, and he came up after he had borrowed this trouble. Um, he knew that there was going to be a problem, but he, he wasn't for sure how to solve it. He felt like that his life was going to be in danger, uh, and he would lose his life, so he, he made an interesting decision. In other words, he was traveling under the direction of the Lord, but all the while following the Lord, he was thinking and worrying and fretting and planning on his own. That sounds familiar. Uh, on, this, on this walking of what I'll call the road of faith, uh, he, I think all he was able to see as he was traveling <clears throat> was not the goodness or providence of God, what began to overshadow that was the, the landscape of fear every day, every day on that journey as he was getting closer and closer to Egypt. Um, he was worrying about it. Even though he was uh, going to the promised land, he believed that God would give him a, the, the promised land. It began to be overshadowed by a very present and personal fear. In other words, he trusted his faith in God to take care of tomorrow. But he listened to his fear about the today. And I think that's sometimes what we do. We think God, yes, will take us to heaven or we will find eternal life. But until then, we sometimes have a tendency to, to think, well, but until then, I've got to take care of everything myself and do the right thing, not realizing that if God is going to lead us into our own promised land or our own eternality, he's not going to let us just meander through life by ourselves. He's willing to help us every day. The grace that Abraham was most noted for was his faith. Yet, in these moments, we find that he had an, in, an unbelief and a distrust in what God could do. Wasn't so much outwardly that he said, I don't think God can help me. It's just that it never, never dawned on him that God could take care of the Egyptians or God could take care of that part of the journey. And I think that's sometimes where we find ourselves. We fail to realize that divine providence, the providence of God, the desire of God, what God wants to do is going to come about if we trust him. In fact, there's a proverb, <clears throat> Proverb 29, it says, The fear of a man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. It's too bad Abraham couldn't remember that. So anyway, uh, he, he, he had told Sarah, they're going to kill me, and they'll let you live. So here's what we'll do. That reminds me, this is what I'll do. That reminds me of the story that Jesus told of the rich fool. His barns, you know, was filled. He had great years of crops. Everything was going well. 
And he posed to himself the question, what should I do? Oh, this is what I'll do. I'll build new barns and I'll fill them up and I'll say to my soul, uh, eat, drink and, and be well. Yet that very night, Jesus says, his soul was required of him. And he said, now whose things are these? So sometimes when we commit, we get locked in our head. Well, this is what I'm going to do. It may be the case that we're not seeing everything. God does, and that's why the providence of God, or trusting in God, is actually so wonderful to do it day by day. Uh, I look at it as a dilemma. And, and, and the dilemma that he had, that Abraham had, which is a very interesting dilemma for someone, even if they weren't of faith, but, it, but especially someone of faith, he didn't trust God to lead him through a dilemma. Here's a dilemma, what we call horns of the dilemma. If you do A, if you decide to do this, then this happens and it's not very good. But if I do this, then that happens and it's not very good either. So you choose end up the lesser of two evils. It's interesting what he chose, what he decided to do. Uh, his way of solving this dilemma which was, they're going to take my life, was he decided to be deceptive. Uh, he decided to deceive. Uh, he chose to um, do that because he wanted to keep his own life. That's what was interesting to me. It wasn't that he was worried about Sarah. It was that he was worried about himself. They will kill me. And so I find, or at least I reflected on that, and I think, well, even a person, when we commit our life to God, we, we too will find ourselves with dilemmas. The mistake we make with dilemmas is trying to solve them ourselves. Dilemmas, for the most part, only have two choices. If there's another choice, it's, we call it false dilemma. But here's the thing. It's been my experience, my readings, that while I may be able to see only two ways, and neither of them are good, it is God in his infinite wisdom that is able to discern and find and reveal that third way that solves the dilemma. If I do it on my own, it's, it doesn't end well. But if you trust God, you look back and you think, how in the world did he navigate that to where I was able to come through that. So we find that in, in, in dealing with this dilemma, he chose to just trust his own mind. And as, it, as a result, uh, he decided that the best thing to do is to, to lie or deceive the, the Egyptians about it. But here's also what's interesting. He also led his wife to do the same thing and his servants. So his way of solving this fear that he had was, in his mind, the best of all possible ways. I can keep my life, but I'm going to end up losing my wife. So he, he was able to keep his life, but he lost his wife. All of that wrapped up is this. He forgot. He didn't realize. Maybe it was um, he had not yet discovered that the God who was going to lead him to the promised land 
was also a God who can lead him through every daily challenge that he could see. He didn't see that then. That's why the scriptures tell us, uh, and I think that we can identify, and I have to be honest, I, we, I, I identify not so much with the faith of Abraham as much as I do his flaws and his frailties and his failures. Because in this, the scriptures teach us in our walk of faith that all the ways of a person are clean in their own eyes. In other words, you heard me say, if you always argue with yourself, you're always right. Though our ways in our own mind are always good, but the Lord is the one who weighs the spirits. That's why we're to commit, it says, commit your, your ways unto the Lord and your thoughts will be solid or established. So as I was thinking about this, I thought about, well, this is what he said he's going to do. And so that's exactly what he did. When Abraham came to Egypt and the Egyptians saw the woman, that she was very beautiful, the princes of Pharaoh also saw her and commended her to Pharaoh, and the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. He treated Abraham well for her sake. He had gave him sheep, oxen, donkeys, servants, camels. So from that, Abraham, I think, probably had a sigh of relief once he was there, once the Pharaoh didn't kill him, but instead gave him all kinds of things. I think that he probably could have just very easily been thinking, well, this all worked out. It all worked out. Sadly, though, it didn't work out like it could have because he lost his wife. He lost Sarah. And he was all worried about his own life, but in the process, he ended up, you know, making these decisions, trying to solve it on his own, and it didn't work out. And the reason it didn't work out is not because Pharaoh became unhappy or not because Abraham. Abraham was fine. He kept his life. Sarah was alive, but he kept his life. And plus, he had been given all these uh, gifts from the Pharaoh. But it didn't work out because it was not in God's plan. And here's what the scriptures say. But the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Pharaoh called Abraham and said, what is this you've done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? I might have taken her as my wife, the Pharaoh said. But now, therefore, here is your wife. Take her and go your way. So it didn't work out like Abraham thought it would because God intervened or God wanted to have his way which, again, is a footnote to all of us who are trying to just walk by faith. We may walk in our life of faith, and we may be carrying all of our life the baggage of our own frailties, our own failures, our own faults. I'm reminded of the Old Testament story of, of uh, one who wrestled with an angel all night long one night. He had a dream, and he wrestled with an angel. And before the wrestling was over, 
Jacob was struck in the thigh, and for the rest of his life, he walked with a limp. I think of that a lot as that's our lives. Sometimes the lives we live will walk with that limp, either spiritual or mental. We'll walk with that limp all of our life. However, it is not incumbent on, on us to live well. We just simply need to trust God. When we encounter these dilemmas or when we encounter these fears or these threats in our life or whatever they are, the lesson we can learn, I think, here in this is that God will guide us not only to the end, but he guides us each and every day if we allow him to do so. So Pharaoh commanded his men concerning Abraham. They sent him away with his wife and all that he had. I think here, again, the providence of God, which a lot, we, we talk about it almost in label, the providence of God. But let's understand it as I kind of cinch this down for a little bit. If we don't trust the providence or let's say the... Uh, presence of God in our lives. The option is this. The only alternative is this, that your life is in your hands and no one else's. You've got to figure it out. If you decide to extend it a little bit, you say, well, it's not in my hands. I've got leaders. Foot, man, our leaders are no better than us. In fact, I've said over the years you know, if our, if our leaders, if everything is in their hands, woe is us because they're just like us. So the only alternative that if we don't trust God every day of our life for every dilemma or every juncture or every intersection that we encounter, that we don't know which way to go, if we don't trust God, we've got to figure out which door to choose. And the sad part about that is we can only see the door, but we cannot see what's behind it. Whereas God, in his providence, can see beyond. And if we trust God in these choices and, and with all these things, we'll find that then our faith will begin to grow. It's a process. Like when Abraham started at 75 years old, he was a, let's say he was a baby in the faith. But throughout his life, he was ultimately going to learn the depth of it, the reach of his faith in God, the trust in his faith in God. Until finally, ultimately, Abraham is listed in Hebrews chapter 11 as a great man of faith. He was not a great man of faith at the beginning, I don't think. But he learned, he expanded, he discovered he explored and he realized truly that God was worthy to be trusted even when you're heading to Egypt. The thing that Abraham wanted to preserve was his life. And the sad thing about it was it ended up being at the expense of losing his, his wife. I think sometimes that's how we end up solving things, not realizing the unintended consequences when we take matters into our own hands. His plan was successful to, to a point initially, but ultimately failed because God had not ordained or spoken that this was the way to do it. 
As I said, he gained his wife, but he lost his wife. He gained position from Pharaoh, but God intervened according to his promise that he had made to Abraham early on, which was this. I'm going to take you and give you a land of promise that will become my people. God honored his faith throughout his life. And so for us today, I think, I think it's important that we realize, at least initially in the study, that it is virtuous for all of us to embark on this journey of faith. But let us not be naive in thinking that we will never encounter or have problems in our life. What we can realize, though, is this. If we allow God not only to give us eternal life, but to guide us in our daily life, things end up much, much better. The closing scripture is one very familiar Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not into your own understanding, and in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the time we can come to your house, share, ponder, think. I pray today, Lord, that as we study Abraham, that we would not look at just his faults, but we would see how that his faith elevated him above his faults and failures. And may we also see how that you honored his faith. And Lord, you directed him in all facets of his life. I thank you for your word that you preserved for us, Lord. I thank you for helping us, guiding us. But there are times that we do need your direction. We don't know for sure what to do. We pray, Lord, that you would guide us and give us those answers as we saw that you did, Abraham. And we'll give you thanks in our Lord's name. Amen. Let's stand this morning as we come to a close and giving thought. And if anything, today, just give thought to allowing the Lord direct your life daily. Sometimes uh, when he does, we may go through a tough day. God may correct us. God may chastise us, but that's all right because he's doing it in order that we might stay and be on the right path. So as we sing, what page? 233. 233. As we sing together, hymn, keep me near the cross. 